Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, episode 144. I am Nick Morowski, and this is a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast a recording just blocks from the ballpark in Bridgeport. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe, pass it along. Uh, find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We've also got a Facebook fan page. Uh, you can check us out on the ShyCitySports.com website where you have the ability to purchase some very comfortable, some very affordable Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts, the perfect holiday gift for yourself or a loved one. Uh, we have so much to get to here. Uh, despite it being the off season, there's never a dull moment on this podcast. Uh, I'm going to bring in my co-host, Pat Hester. Hello, sir. Hey buddy. How are you? It's uh, it's great to be here. Great to talk white Sox again. Obviously our off season started a couple weeks ago. The official off season of major league baseball has now officially begun. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves who have proved everybody. It doesn't matter what kind of division you won right? A really, really poor and soft division, the softest division in all of baseball. You just got to get into the tournament and be hot at the right time. And oh, by the way, hit some home runs. So uh, good for the Atlanta Braves. Congratulations to yeah. them. And I feel really bad for Houston. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to ask, are you more, uh, are you more happy for the Braves and uh, uh, their manager, Brian Snicker, who, you know, been in the system for 45 years and, is that the feel-good story, or are, were you more towards the the hatred for the Astros, and that's really what was the excitement that they got bounced? Yeah, you know what? It's 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 that thing I think, Nick, with any major league or, or major sports team in, in any uh, in any sport. You know, it's the Patriots. It's like people the 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 regular Joe fan gets tired of the Patriots always winning, right? They 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 were the you know, when we were in college and watching Tom Brady, you know, oh rise, gosh, yeah. you know, at the beginning of his career, yeah. it was like, oh, it's this up and coming team. And it's this young guy that was, well, they were about to topple the, the greatest show on tour. Right, we we right, were right, tired right. of the Rams. Right. Uh, yeah. So it yeah. was like, oh, but then after a while, if you see the same thing all the time, it's like, oh my God, I don't need to see this anymore. And that's, I think what the Astros really have become. You can, you can set aside some of the cheating stuff, but I think people just got really tired of the Astros. I, you know, Jose Altuve was kind of a cool story when they're showing him next to Aaron Judge and this little guy and all the things. But man, I don't know. He's just kind of a pest. I'm tired of hearing mm -hmm. from him and seeing him and just sick of that team. You know, so yeah. regardless of the uh, of the the cheating stuff, I I was happy something uh, different happened, uh, and it wouldn't bother me if I don't see the Astros in in the playoffs for quite some time. But I yeah. doubt that'll happen. Well, they're going to lose some folks as uh, just about every team will. And, uh, you know, they'll try to I think they still believe in their core and their foundation. Um, and, you know, they'll try to pick up a couple pieces and, and see if they can get it together in that AL West, which might be very winnable uh, mm -hmm. yet again. Uh, but, yeah, you know, the Braves win their first uh, World Series since 95. As you had mentioned, they only won 88 games this year. And it was really their trade deadline acquisitions mm. that that put them over the top. Uh, yeah. And and Solaire, the, the guy that, you know, 
can you imagine the Braves without him? I mean, what a force he was. Yeah. Uh, a powerful guy. And you're right. I mean, they, they did it in a lot of different ways, but they definitely hit the long ball when they needed it. Uh, yeah. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to talk some pitching throughout this episode, some starting pitching and just maybe a little bit how the Sox compared uh, to the Braves and in, in the, and the Astros in the postseason. But uh, my takeaway was really, uh, that's a cool story that the, that the Braves won. It's nice to have a, a you know, somebody new entered the mix uh and, and we I, we saw the braves have been knocking on the door for a mm-hmm. while now um but my big thing was yeah get rid of the astros uh hopefully yeah. we don't see them again um but yeah uh okay uh state of the socks pat um it sounds like rick Hahn's going to talk on friday so we we're, we're, we're recording this on thursday night uh so by the time folks are are listening to episode 144 they might already have heard a little bit of what rick Hahn has talked about i don't think there's going to be very much that's going to be revealed but uh are you eager to hear anything is there anything you would like to hear is there something that you would ask rick Hahn if you had the ability um, which whether or not he'd answer, give you a straight answer is a whole nother story. Pat. <laughs> Rick Hahn, have you reached out to Nick Castellanos and his, uh, <laughs> and, and his people yet in his camp? Uh, that's what I would I'll ask him. up and listen. I'll, I'll and hang and up he and would say, we, we look at everybody and all our mm-hmm. options and we yeah. look internally at our options as well. We're really excited about some of the things that we have internally as well before we mm-hmm. look externally. That's what the things he'll say in a more in eloquent fashion. I'm just surprised we weren't able to effort him and get him on the show tonight, but obviously I've reached uh, out. I've reached I out. I, just I, keep I have DMing that. him, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Hello. You, yeah. That's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect much out of him. I mean, I expect that out of my general managers and my managers, as you know, a lot of speak, whether it's mm-hmm. general manager speak or manager speak or coach speak, he'll talk around and not really answer the questions, but it'll be very affable and, and, uh, and, good with his time and and good with the media as he always is, but it'll leave you with a lot of the same questions. What are you going to do at second base? What are you going to do in right field? And then uh, ultimately I'm sure they'll ask him about Rodon that he won't answer either. So there'll be a lot of questions that won't be answered. I'm suspecting. What do you think? Well, I I think that uh, some of the questions that he might get asked, whether they're necessarily for him or for maybe TLR, might have to do with analytics, might have to do with shifting, might have to do with things that we saw in the World Series that were in Achilles' heel for the Sox. Uh, we mentioned uh, just a few minutes ago the the power numbers, the home runs that just weren't there for the Sox in the postseason. How are we going to get the Sox to stop hitting ground balls? Uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a conversation for Han, but he might be able to field that question and – explain a little bit of what they might be doing or what their focus is. I I don't know. He might completely defer that. And, you know, that is those conversations are being had with, you know, coaching staff. I, I, I would like to know what he saw uh, in during the postseason after the Sox got uh, eliminated, what did he see in, in, in other teams that we didn't have and how are we going to make up that, that gap? And if he really feels like we have internal, guys uh i might not agree with that but i, I just want to hear what his take would be mm. you know um so i i mean maybe he'll he'll, he'll talk a little like qualify uh you know some offers that uh we might give to some guys i don't know but i really don't think you're gonna get much from han 
No, but you, you know what you do get from Han and, and, and Sox, you know, and their management, at least recently in the recent past, is very is striking very early, you know, in, in the off season, you know, typically even before the winter meetings happen. Now, assuming all everything goes to some sort of plan and, and there's agreements being had and, you know, nothing is held up. But uh, I, my suspect, I would suspect that not a lot will be said, but there will be more action done quickly because that seems to be the way Rick has, has operated recently. Well, if that, if that's the case, that means uh, that there, there is a laser focus. Um, Mm -hmm. And the way we heard it being teased that uh, Hernandez was not going to be brought back potentially. And that uh, old bad news, Bob was uh, dangling the Kimbrel news that there might be a, a picking up the option, hopefully to trade, uh, that that right there is kind of tipping the hand a bit to an aggressive White Sox organization early uh, in in this offseason. So I yeah we'll see and you know we'll we'll get to it in episode one forty five next week if there's any major bombshells and well whatever he said I'm sure everyone will be dissecting it closely. Uh, if you know you're a diehard Sox fan and there's a lot of chatter out there right now is. And rightfully so, I guess, be given the history of this organization sometimes about, oh, don't don't even get your hopes up. This ain't going to happen. Do you have the sense that this is going to be the same old, same old in terms of an offseason being very, uh, let's say, uh, delicate with our with our spending? Or is this a different time where it's a strike while the iron's hot? We've got the opportunity and and we just need to add and we're going to push our chips in type of situation. You know, on the surface, it's it sure seems like strike while the iron's hot. Like we're in this competitive window and you hate to look too far down the line, but uh, it's not like we've got guys locked up forever. I mean, mm-hmm. there are guys that are locked up for two, three, four, five years, but not forever. And, you know, I look at our pitching staff, which we're going to talk a little bit about and you know, there are opportunities to go out there and spend some money uh, in right field and second base. Uh, I, I just feel like internally is great, but we don't have that luxury. We don't have the no. luxury of bringing guys up and seeing what they got for us in two to three years. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like the Mike Rodolfo type of guys mm-hmm. and, you know, th- those are great stories. Even the even the Yolke uh, Cespedes, which he could be a really he could be more ready for the majors than any other prospect. But, you know, I, I don't know if that's the, the way to go. Yeah. Who am I? I mean, you and I both consumed a ton of White Sox baseball uh, in our combined 80 years on this planet. Um, and we do kind of see the same thing. But we also haven't seen or really lived through the the teardown that happened, mm-hmm. the rebuilding, where the, the rebuilding's over. We, we've gotten to the postseason and back to back seasons, coming off a division championship, and you know, there's a couple pieces I think in terms of power and in terms of position, second base, right field. Everybody's talking about it. Uh, that really can can put this team not only well past the division title, but into that ALCS and knocking on the door of the World Series stage that we were all hoping for this season. Yeah. Well, Rick's job as a general manager now, after we've come out of the rebuild phase, is to continue to make this team better than it was yesterday. And I don't think he can look himself in the mirror and honestly say, 
if I bring up this guy from the minors and give him a shot, this is going to make our team better than it was yesterday. I, I just can't, I can't, I can't see him as a person looking himself in the mirror and saying, this is our best option. Wait, Pat, that is, I agree with you, but who, who's the person that holds all of those answers? Jerry Reinsdorf. So Han knows in his heart, I, you know, this isn't our best effort. This isn't the best effort to go out, you know, to go after another postseason run deep into the postseason. But I have not been given the go ahead to increase the budget in the ways that I want to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it has to be Reinsdorf that green lights it. And I am hoping after a little bit after what we saw last offseason with the Hendricks thing and, you know, the, the I got a sense that Reinsdorf got it like. Hey, the time is now and mm -hmm. Reinsdorf's time on this planet. Yeah, what is he? 84, 85. Um, Larusa, I don't know. He's a little bit older than us. I would say, <laughs> um, it just seems like it for, from a fan's perspective, it just seems like the perfect opportunity. Like yeah. go spend money. You've got it uh, again. The money will be spent. When is it going to be spent? Maybe never. I, I don't you know. know. I, I want to stay positive, though. I, I just, uh, as you know, I sent you a text the other day. I just uh, recently celebrated my two-year anniversary on this show, and I think yeah. the, the money will be spent comment has been said by you. Uh, I'm glad it's been said repeatedly on this show because you keep it live and, yeah. and you keep bringing it back, and I love it. <laughs> I just... Nick's playing the hits. Uh, but Listen, you're right. The I first mean... time we ever went on air, the first time good guys talk back, Back in the winter meetings of 2018, that was the that was how it mm -hmm. started with the whole Machado, mm -hmm. uh, Harper nonsense, and I'm just saying what what Han was quoted. Yeah. I mean, the, and maybe I'm that waiting should for be that. the first question. When, when at what point will the money be spent, Rick? Here, here's my question to Han. Rick, you've said that you are you know you've been excited to be uh, seated at the table. Uh, you've always enjoyed being at the table, having a seat, having, you know, w when are you going to like take advantage of being at the table? Uh, do you think this off season, you're going to be given the opportunity to not just be happy to be at the table, but really take advantage of, it? Hey, sure. There were deals made the last couple off seasons, but I'm talking about some big splashes, yeah. man. I'm talking yeah. about guys that, you know, in, in other years, we would say there's no way. That yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, and we'll see. Again, this is going to be an offseason, I believe, like no other for this team, this organization. And it's a pivotal time with uh, the talent that's that's here already. That's been a proven winner over the last two years. And now it's just, again, putting the icing on the cake. And I think, it again, it'll be it's going to be a very fascinating offseason for this ball club. Yeah, I, and you know we've got the uh, we've got the December second uh, deadline, the CBA uh, deadline. I mean, you know, depending on who you talk to, there are folks saying that this season doesn't start till May. This start this season doesn't start maybe till June. That there's going to be uh, a delay. There probably won't even be any winter meetings. Uh, it, there's going to be this off season is going to be bizarre for a lot of different reasons. Um, you were. You were reading something about Giolito briefly, um, yeah, and, and him commenting uh, today, just kind of on the um, on the negotiations. Well, you know, Lucas, as you as we've all heard him speak before, is very smart, 
mm-hmm. well-spoken mm-hmm. individual. He talked a lot about learning as much as he could and, and taking, you know, a lot of responsibility and pride in this role that he has. And, you know, he did, he said the right things, you know, and he's he, the representative. Yes. He's the white yeah, sex he's rep- white representative. representative. And um, he talked a lot about it doesn't make any sense for any, everybody wants this season to happen. Every, nobody wants a stoppage. When we want the game to grow, we can't, you know, these work stoppages uh, halt that. And he also mentioned that sometimes these types of things are necessary, but the fans don't give a shit about that, right? No mm-hmm. matter what side of the, the the aisle you're on with the issues, uh, it doesn't matter to them. The, the fan just knows that they're missing out on on their teams playing baseball. So I think I, I enjoyed the, f- the fact that he recognizes from a fan perspective how we see it, and we don't really care what your issues are. You guys need to figure it out. Uh, and I did like the fact that he mentioned that it, it's not – his place to air out the grievances through the media, like mm-hmm. what happened during, you know, the negotiations over the, the COVID oh, year yeah, in 2020, sure. where just everything got leaked out and it got really messy in, in through the media. So he's smart enough, I think. Now, whether that continues to be that way with the MLB, MLB Players Association and the owners, I don't know if that'll continue. It never seems to happen that way. It seems to be like, somebody's leaking stuff and now usually from the owner's side let's let's mm-hmm. make the players look bad here so we get i don't know how you could sway public opinion to be on the side of ownership but usually that's how they try and play it mm-hmm. play but, they try to cry poor uh, yeah oh, a lot God. of times well, yeah. I, mean, I feel so bad for them I yeah mean, we should yeah. Uh, do a gofundme page for the all the MLB at least owners. a run maybe a 10k or just uh, some sort of charity <sighs> again run. a walk can i do a walk, a walk? sure something with wristbands would okay. be great yes yep. yes wristbands anytime we can do that make some t-shirts <laughs> uh for them anything we can sell for the poor mlb owners <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm happy that he's our representative. I'm I'm glad that uh, that he's you know got that got that title uh, for the team. You couldn't have a better representative in my mind. And uh, I'm excited to see what uh, can happen here with some good negotiations and good communication. Hopefully, what he talks about actually really happens. But again, it'll get messy. It'll get really ugly. I'm sure. Yeah, he's a guy that, uh, you know, we want to have around for a while. And he said so much. Uh, James Fegan had something on social media. I read uh, that there was a question asked to Giolito, I think just today or maybe it was uh, last night uh, about a contract extension. And he was very excited about the opportunity. You know, I I would love to be with the White Sox organization for life, but it's a business. And, Mm. you know, right now there aren't any current conversations happening. but he definitely emphasized that uh, there's a high interest on his end. So, you know, you can read into that. Um, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time reading into it. I'm just yep. not. Um, we know how Jerry and company handle pitching uh, contracts, pitching extensions. Unless you're John Danks. Unless you're John Danks, <laughs> which, you know, still, uh, it, it, I don't know. It's uh, still trying to figure out that one. But, yeah, so I, we'll see. Uh, let, let's worry about some of this, maybe the other offseason things going on that are that are a little bit more pressing. Um, with the World Series ending, we've got uh, some guys that are free agents. So you got Lurie Garcia, Billy Hamilton, Carlos Rodon, Ryan Tapera, uh, you got five days to make an offer to some guys and they've got 10 days to accept. Um, 
Uh, you, you see offers being made to some of these guys, Pat. Well, I would love to see an offer made to Para. Just, I mean, that was the one win we had in terms of an acquisition with a pen that was not mighty throughout the majority of the season. You'd like to have that guy that you can rely on uh, in the situation. It just seemed like he came up uh, outside of maybe one or two blips on the radar early on, you know, when people were wanting to give him back to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I was really happy with what I saw from Ryan Tapera. I'm almost certain I'd be shocked, actually, if I didn't see Aliri Garcia back in a White Sox uniform next year, just because he seems to mean more to the team than what the fans see. You hear the way the manager talks about him. You hear the way the team talks about him. I think he's 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 a very important piece to their puzzle. He probably gets overexposed because of the time he's had to play. And it's why the fans like me turn on him and get angry at him. It's like, but he's an important piece to that clubhouse and he's an important piece to that, you know, the, the team when they need him. And he, he's obviously shown he can come up big in situations, but it's gotta be in small little spurts and sample sizes. Yeah, I he's got value and there's definitely a place for him. And we and I hate to say we all I shouldn't I shouldn't lump myself in with a lot of other folks. I should let them decide how they want to decide. You and I have kind of been ready to move on in mm-hmm. several. But maybe we are just trying to move on from the everyday. This is our guy. Oh, yeah, I'm, you yeah. know, it in, in more of. I, I there's something I, I get the whole her, heroics in the postseason. I was there. You were there. It was mm-hmm. magical. There were 40,000 that were there. You know, it, it was. But I there's something that I just can't wrap my brain around is him. Yes, he's going to be our everyday second baseman or. Yes, well, that's not what I'm our, signing up for. I'm signing. I, up I know. For, and I can't but, sign up for that either. But I, I think he still has value on the club mm-hmm. in some way. And that's why I think that will be an offer. And it would shock me if he's not back with his club. And okay. it also might even shock me if it's not a very like quick turnaround. Here's, the, here's your offer. And then he signed and it's a done deal. Because yeah. I don't think other teams will see the value like the Sox see him as. Maybe as, that's what Han's going to mention uh, tomorrow. Oh, no, we, we, we send Lurie to a five-year deal. Um, oh, God. If, if I get Bob Nightingale breaking news, White Sox, and I turn on Twitter and it's about a Lurie Garcia – uh, re-signing, then I might just, you know, be sick. Go right back pants. to just go. <laughs> you don't hear a lot of people saying, I am going to be sick in my pants uh, today. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that must be an old-fashioned. Uh, it's a, late. It's been a long day. Uh, yeah, okay. I just thought way. maybe that was I, a family I saying. Did you yeah. grow up? Did people <laughs> used to say that in your house? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just think okay. you look down and blip in your pants. Yeah. Know. Uh, Billy Hamilton had some heroics. Uh, Billy Hamilton definitely uh, had a fan base. Um, he, hey, there was excitement for from him, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he's coming back. I think Billy Hamilton will do what Billy Hamilton has done, and he'll bounce around to another team that needs that type of player. I just don't necessarily think it'll be with this club, but. Uh, Again, it would be, it's okay, you know, but again, not, nothing that I'm hoping to see is breaking news. You know, the interesting one will be Carlos Rodon mm-hmm. and see where that mm-hmm. goes, because that one, that one will, there may be a qualifying offer made, but there will no, there will be no more. It's almost like the end of Goonies. There'll be no signing today or ever again. <laughs> um I, I could, I, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe he will take a short-term deal. Maybe he'll take a year deal. Mm, and, and I, I just and, don't and, see it. 
and he will say, you know what? I want to, I want to work with Ethan Katz one more year. I want to prove that I am healthy. I'm still young. Um, and then after that one year deal, then I'm going to cash because mm -hmm. there's a lot of question marks with him right now. You yeah. know, the, someone could throw him some ridiculous money and there's teams that, you know, we know do this every off season, throw ridiculous money at people um, with the question marks with his arm and, you know, what happened towards the end of the season, uh, the durability, the lack of logging a lot of innings over the last several years. I, I'm sorry. There, there might, maybe there's not the suitors that he thinks he, he will have. And someone says to him, look, just take a one-year deal prove everybody right. Go get the Cy Young or be in the top five for Cy Young and then cash, man. I, it's a risk, right? It's a gamble. Yeah, it's a gamble. Uh, I think in his perfect world, he would have just steamrolled through the rest of the season, you know, pitched stellar in the postseason. And then it's like, that's, Hey, that's the image I want you all to remember of Carlos Rodon and then mm -hmm. let the bidding begin. Um, and that didn't quite and, and it would be interesting to see what he what he values. Does he value the 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 big money or does he value the security? Right. Because we've been able to work mm -hmm. out deals with guys in the past, not always pitchers, but some where it's like, we'll we'll pay, we'll pay the security. We'll give you the security blanket and uh, we'll give you the longer term at a, at a, at a little bit of a reduced rate. Oh, sure. Jerry loves those kinds of yeah. deals. He, he, he loves to get creative with those deals. Um, yeah. Th that'll be interesting. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of pitching conversations, Pat, uh, are you, are you okay to get into some pitching or do you want to talk? You, oh, let's talk, you know what? Let's talk Mankata first. Cause there's oh, been a okay. lot of bad, like Mankata stuff going on that have, have you, I don't know if you've been reading this. I, um, I don't understand why we, why there has to be this line in the sand with fans sometimes about, and people feeling like they have to defend people and players all the time and why people feel like they have to go after some certain players all i don't know it's a, it's yeah. a mystery to me it's odd it's a very odd I, thing we to, had a we had a, a guest on several months ago it was probably towards the beginning of the season um steve paradzinski uh, who's great uh, i really enjoy his stuff uh, he's from on tap sports net and he wrote an article folks go check it out on mancata it's a recent article and, and, you know, he plays both sides of it, uh, you know, which I think is what we're all saying. You know, mm -hmm. he, he does he have a lot of potential? Yes. Has he been showing it? Of course not. We've seen glimpses 2019, you know, but I am not looking to get rid of the guy anytime time soon. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, left hand uh, or like, switch hitting. Who, 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 like you're not going to get. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. No, I mean, no, I, I don't know what you think, what value you're going to get for him. Like where, what team is going to give you equal value or better? Um, no, I, I you're, don't not see going to. you're not going to, you're not going to find the, the potential uh, star player that can hit from both sides of the plate who does have power. He just has not hit the home runs. We would like him to have hit. Uh, but I'll tell you what, his glove alone is an, almost enough. Why, to you know, why they announced gold glove finalists recently and, mm -hmm. and Dallas Keuchel is up for, for a gold glove. And uh, I, I'm telling you, and maybe it's, it's gotta be just our bias, but why is Mankata not in the conversation? He plays a hell of a third base. He does. Um, he really does. And he's made, he's made uh, some spectacular plays and very fluidly. His problem is when it's hit right at him and it's, he's got too much time to throw. Yeah. 
you know, so that's his bugaboo. But we've seen that with other players too. other players in the past and they've got time to throw. It's like something happens and they, when things speed up for him, when he's in the, in the rhythm of a play, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a bullseye. Um, yeah, I, I just thought it would touch on the Mankata stuff. I don't know, folks, you listening, if you've read, you know, kind of some Mankata bashing or, you know, he's not where we want him to be. He's not the guy that uh, he was, you know, built up to be. But those were some lofty goals, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a young kid when he came over to us and that's in that Chris Sale trade. And and we thought he was going to be the savior. He was billed as the savior. He's billed as like the best prospect you'll ever see. Uh and he's just not there yet. He's dealt with some health issues. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holding on hope that he is going to, he's going to come crashing through and uh, put together a string of, of, of above, um, above average seasons. I agree with you, Nick. I'm, you know, me, I've always been high on him. I mean, I think I picked him as my, my team MVP before the season started. Oh and, yeah. You know, but when we get to that point, he might be my team MVP when we get to, you know, spring training yeah. this next year. So yeah, um, I, I'm still anxious. He's still young enough and he's still got a, a world of potential that he hasn't tapped into yet. So uh, again, I just want to continue to see the guy grow. He has grown every year. His defense, obviously we just talked about has really improved. He's really, I, I think a star mm-hmm. in third base mm-hmm. His, uh, he, obviously he's cut down on, on the strikeouts from year in and year out. Now the power's just got to return. And maybe that's just the subject of the, the strikeouts go down. So does the power because he's not swinging out of his shoes all the time. So mm-hmm. there's gotta be a happy medium of, okay, we get it. You're patient and you're not striking out and swinging and missing a lot, but the power numbers have gone away. So where is that balance? And that's where I think he's got to figure out. Yeah. That, that That's an off season project. And uh, if you listen or if you've read some stuff recently on the athletic guys like Gavin sheets, who have found, who found a, a power stroke, you know, getting a lot of help from guys like Yasmani Grandal that help him look at video. I mean, who helps Mankata look at video? Does he have guys? Is it, is it, is it a Brayu? Mm-hmm. You know, are there other guys that he trusts um, in the organization or that he knows personally? Because uh, I think he's got to take a look at some things and, and get a plan together. Um, the expectations are huge for him and they should be huge for him. But I, but I, you know, I'm not worried about him. I, yeah. I, I'm not worried about him. I Neither just wanted I. to touch on that. Um, let, let's talk pitching. Um, you know, we, we talk Rodon and, and if Rodon leaves, then that, that opens up a, a spot and it, it sure seems like it's Copex for the taking. There was an mm-hmm. article in the Sun Times uh, just recently that, you know, saying Copex is, is eyeing the starter position. TLR, you know, TLR says, well, you know, it's not good if we just anoint him a starter. Like we, we want that from him. We want him to be a starter, but I feel like you've got to get guys to earn positions. Cause if you just grant the position to a guy, they might not work as hard. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Um, in 44 appearances in 2021, Kopech had a 3.5 uh, ERA, um, uh, in four starts covering 14 innings, Kopech struck out 23, walked four, and posted a 193 ERA. 
postseason didn't go so well, Pat. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he pitched in relief in games three and four, allowed six earned runs and seven hits over three innings. That goes along with your point about putting pitchers in positions that they don't normally want to be in, but you still got to deliver. And, yeah. you know, but that wasn't a bizarre position for Kopech. The only bizarre thing was that it was the postseason. Yeah, uh, it was his first run at it. He's been pitching out of the bullpen just about all year. Well, I think the, you know, obviously as the year progressed, it seemed like he regressed a little bit, if you will, or he had some more, you know, he had, he had some innings that were long innings, right? He had some, he had some situations in games where it was like, man, we were just used to seeing this guy blow everybody away. Mm -hmm. But what happens is, you know, like anything else, there's film on guys, right? And there's scouts out there and a lot of information is, uh, obviously exchanged. And as you get to the postseason, I mean, there are no secrets when you get to that point. And that's where you got to tip your hat to the to the Astros. Uh, they prepared and they prepared well for our pitchers, Kopech especially. And, you know, whatever it was, whether he was tipping and they were they were able to find something that was mentioned and talked about that maybe he was tipping pitches. But, um, you know, whatever it was, I, now it's again, just like a hitter does, Nick, where they – they come out and they come out gangbusters. The league adjusts. They have to adjust back. Now with this, you know, extended Kopech that we've seen, he's had success. He's regressed. Now it's time to adjust and come back. So yeah. I'm looking still. I mean, the, again, the the sky's the limit for this guy with his talent. I'm excited to see more of him. I don't think what we saw in terms of his failures were, you know, that damning to to what we'll see in the future. And you know, it'll be interesting also to see Nick is if he becomes a starter, as we're probably projecting him to be. Will he be the you know hundred miles an hour pitcher, or mm. will he have to learn to do like a like a Justin Verlander would? And let's start out in the nineties, low nineties, and then you know get to the seventh inning, and now I'm pumping in at 98, 99 miles an hour. So we'll yeah. see. Yeah, he he I mean, he's got to become a pitcher, not a thrower. We've talked about it on this um, podcast o- over the years when it comes to pitching. Um, he can't he can't just roll out his normal stuff and say, hey, I'm going to throw 98, you know, letter high and I'm going to just grip it and rip it and, and see what you can handle with this. He's got to be a multi pitch pitcher. Uh, he, we're talking about uh, as a starter, you know, it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not going to be completing games like you used to years ago. You're not even going, probably going to touch the seventh inning quite very often, but your first round through batters, you might not show them some of your stuff. And you're mm-hmm. going to say, I'm going to play the long game. So the second time I get through this lineup, now I'm going to show you some of the stuff that I've got. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, he just, he's got to evolve sometimes within game, sometimes yeah. within at bat. Yeah. Uh, not to mention evolve and grow throughout the season. You got to adjust, as you said, and sometimes that that happens really quick. And if you're not, you'll get jumped on all over. Well, uh, and and that's why he had a lot of success early. I think Nick was because he could come out there and go, "Here it is, try and hit it," and I'm going to empty out the tank in this one half inning, and that's all I'm going to be here for. Or you know, maybe yeah. sometimes they'll stretch me out to two innings. So that's why I think that worked out really beautifully for him early on and through the majority of the season and you know, whatever it was, whether it was a tipping of the pitches or something, somebody found something on film that they could pick up on. They knew when that fastball was coming. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was like evident when you can, 
when you can swing and put a barrel up on a 99 miles an hour, you know, it's coming, whether it's, you know, banging trash cans or not, mm -hmm. uh, they figured something out and they were able to hit the ball hard off him. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, hitters know uh, what a pitcher's go-to is when they get to a certain count, where their comfort zone is. If they can't find the plate with a, a second or third uh, tier pitch, well, what most likely are they going to be getting? You know, even sometimes where, where a pitcher misses, where are they going to miss? And if, right. and if a guy can't find uh, the plate, you know, hitters are smart enough right now. And especially going back to the dugout and looking at iPads and, and, you know, they got so much information at their disposal, even on the end deck circle, you could see yeah. a pitching coach, you know, giving some information about, Hey, just, just last piece of advice. Just, you know, if he's going to miss, he's going to miss a way down. Think about it, you know, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, you look at who we've got starting right now. Uh, you got Lynn, Geo, Cease, Keuchel, and then I, I, I'm just not factoring Rodon in right now. Um, and so that means, is it Kopech? Is it Lopez? Is it Lambert? I, I, I like what I'm hearing that Kopech wants that starting position and that that's what he's gunning for in 2022. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to Keuchel right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of folks that want him to get traded and just move away from the Keuchel experiment. Do you think um, there's any chance of him salvaging anything or is, or is what we saw this past year, who he is? Because you remember it was just a year before, again, shortened season. He was one of our most dependable pitchers we had was Dallas Keuchel. And this past year was because it was back. a short, because it was a shortened season. Pat. Yeah. But I'm telling you, I'm asking, do you think it can be reverted back to, to what we've seen? Of a Dallas well, team. I mean, that, that, that is, well, I don't know what his workout situation is, uh, but I just felt like it was endurance. You know, he yeah. was able to give you that sprint of a 60 game schedule, but when we had a 162, it almost seemed like his, his body wasn't used to it because well, of the, the few years mm -hmm. that, you know, he had the shortened 60 and he was able to do that. But the year before, he only pitched like a fraction of the season. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't pitched 162 a full season in a while. Well, now so he I has. So, so now he has. So I, I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't. Look, I, I've been very reactionary. And I'm still reactionary. But I think maybe in my older age, I'm like, well, he's a lefty. He's a soft tossing lefty. I know what we're going to get from him. Uh, you know, Yes, I would like to see somebody maybe more effective come into that role, but I also know this organization, and the odds are he's going to be in the rotation in 2022. I mean, I think I would be happy if he's in the rotation as our fifth starter, somewhere between the 2020 version and, and the 2021 version, right? If there's something in the middle of that, I think we can live with that in the fifth starter role. But you're right. I mean, the endurance obviously was a thing because I think his ERA went up a full run between uh, August and September and, and maybe even, an, you know, I mean, it was creeping up ever since the all-star break and it wasn't all that great to start with early on in the year. I mean, it was a, a struggle for him to get through, you know, four and a third innings. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, seeing, you know, a different, a different guy, maybe next year that he's got that year of, of a, of a long season again, under his belt and and see how his body reacts. I don't know. And and you don't know what these soft tossers. It's not like he's putting a lot of wear and tear on his arm. So Correct. so we'll 
it, it's again, like it always is with those kind of guys. It's about location and it's about, you know, getting guys a hit to our defense. Yeah, and he maybe might, that goes uh, back to the shift conversation, Nick. Yeah. I mean, maybe that maybe Dallas would be better on a team that shifts more. Correct. Yeah, that, that's a that's a great conversation. And maybe that is a look in the mirror this offseason and, and say, OK, this is the guy that I am now on the mound. How can I use what I have as a strength? You know, kind of how Burley did it uh, and other guys of the like. Um, I mean, starting pitching was a strength for this 2021 uh, White Sox team. Uh, you're, you're, I'll go through some of the numbers, but and we knew it. And we felt it at the, even at the beginning of the season, Pat, we're like, mm-hmm. well, this team is going to survive with pitching and all the injuries that we had, Aloy, Robert, uh, Madrigal, TA was out, um, you know, it, Grandal, the pitching kept things together and starting pitching uh, led the American league with a three, five, seven ERA led the league with four complete games starters logged the second most innings only second to oakland and uh, starters averaged about five and two-thirds innings per start we dominated in strikeouts we were third in most walks given up uh, which is telling uh, that that was a that was an issue and then that came back to bite us in the playoffs the playoffs things just completely flipped mm-hmm. i mean it, it just in the postseason, starters ERA 10.22, and that was the second worst of all the playoff teams this mm-hmm. year. Second worst, Yankees were wor- were, were, the, were the worst. Uh, we walked 12 guys in 12 innings, our, our starters did, and opponents hit 280 uh, off our starters. Our, our guys, our starters, averaged three innings per start, Okay. I mean, those postseason numbers, uh, you're not going to get if you if you gave me those numbers, Pat, and you said, here, here are your numbers for your starters. How do you think the Sox are going to do in the postseason? I, I don't care who you're playing. You're not going very far. No. I mean, you, you compare it to the Braves and the Houston and, you know, they were in the upper, uh, yeah. you know, third as they should be. Um Those are not good numbers. And I get it. Starters aren't going very long into games, but uh, how long did Max Fried go? And he went into what? um, He went to his least sixth inning, I believe, the other day. But he was dealing, and I think his his pitch count was so grossly low. And there there was no reason to take him out with the lead that they had uh, in that game. So I could see letting him go through the lineup again for the third time. Uh, It just didn't make any sense to take him out. But... Um, you know, when I think you hit on the best there, Nick, when you talk about the control, when you, when you mm-hmm. have no control and there's free passes being given up and it just snowballs and that's what bit us in the ass uh, eventually, eventually in that series. Yeah. I, Hey, we didn't have the offense. We didn't have the power numbers. We were hitting into way, you know, way too many ground balls. We didn't string hits together. The offense wasn't there. And and Atlanta had the offense. Houston had the offense. Braves or uh, Boston had the offense for a while. You, you got to have the pitching too. And, and that was what the real shame was of, of watching those games uh, in the ALDS is this does not look like the staff that we saw in, in the regular season. Um, yeah. and those numbers right there, I'm rattling off, 
if you watch the games during the regular season, which most people who are listening to this podcast were glued to the TV for just about every regular season game, you didn't need to look at numbers. You knew that our starting pitching was damn good. Mm-hmm. Same thing goes. You watch every inning of the postseason. I don't need to look at the numbers. <laughs> These starters, yeah. uh, you know, uh, as you would say, got sick in the pants or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? Sick in the pants? I, I don't know what I was All saying, right. Nick. I, I mean, I'm, I, I haven't even had anything to drink tonight. And that's, uh, okay. I don't know. So, uh, I mean, there you go, you know, uh, and I, 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 we talk a lot about right field and second base, but you know, the thing that nobody's going to talk about it's pitching. I, I yeah. do think they got to go after some pitching uh, this off season as well. Um, so, well, you can never I, have enough. And, and I, you've, you've brought me around to that and, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, let me throw some guys at you. Let me throw some names throw, at you. Throw some guys at me. No, notable starting pitcher, uh, free agents here, uh, Verlander, uh, Syndergaard, Robbie Ray, Stroman, Scherzer, Kershaw and Gaussman. Uh, Robbie Ray would be the one I would go after. Uh, there's there's some names there. I mean, it would be crazy here. Would it be crazy to try to wrestle uh, with Verlander and get him over for maybe a year? Well, or I wouldn't so? want to wrestle with him. Maybe you do, <laughs> but I I don't want to wrestle with him. Uh, I, Never I don't wrestle know. with a pitcher. It's the like, legs are strong. So Nick, are we are we going back to the old adage of the old White Sox and let's try and catch lightning in a bottle one last time and see what happens? Bring the bring the guy that used to be a guy that well, you know. That, if, if it was a guy that Kenny Williams wanted ten years ago, then I suppose it could happen. No, Kenny's getting his guy in Avi Garcia. Our, our Avi <laughs> no, Garcia is coming oh, back, Lord. and and, and oh, he's going to be God. in right field. Kenny's Kenny's going to have his man. Don't there. tell me that you've been on the um, phone with Bob Nightingale and you've heard that already has <laughs> happening. <laughs> no, no. I, I love that you think I have Bob Nightingale's number, though. That's, oh, I know uh, you do. It's, you just like to keep it under wraps. <laughs> um, I, I, I get your point. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I mean, is a is a 39 year old or whatever Verlander is uh, coming off of Tommy John <laughs> better than a Keuchel? Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I would rather go with a Robbie Ray. I, I don't know. I, I would have to imagine that. Do you think Robbie Ray is the real deal? You think he just had you know a great year? Well, he's uh, got here. tight pants. I mean, anybody well, wears his pants as tight as Robbie Ray. He's confident. They're confident. Well, good for him. I don't know. Yeah. I just think that's a better <laughs> long-term fit if you're going after a starting pitcher. Yeah, I. I, I really, uh, it'll be, man, there's just a lot of different things uh, that can potentially go. And, and, you know, this is a fun time of the off season. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about everybody can be a GM, a lot of hypotheticals. Would you do this? Would you do that? There's no wrong answer. You know, this yeah. is just, you know, Sox fans, uh, you know, picking each other's brains uh, after what we've seen, this competitive windows open and what's out there. For the Sox to really galvanize here, you know, it seems like the coaching staff's coming back. Everybody, you know, I, I just knock on wood. I just don't think we're going to get bitten by the injury bug like we did. I just, I don't think that's going to happen again. Um, but you know, what kind of arms are we maybe going to need to replace some of the things that we're losing? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all all plays out. I'm excited to see it and watch it with you and talk about it with you. 
my friend, always a pleasure uh, talking White Sox baseball with you, buddy. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to Bob Nightingale through you and mm-hmm. uh, hear what's going to happen. The, the White Sox whisper, the Jerry whisper, if you will. And uh, yeah, well, it'll be an interesting offseason. Hopefully this uh, labor dispute doesn't get too ugly and gets figured out sooner rather than later. Yeah, we'll, we'll break down what Han has to say uh, the next time we talk. Folks, thank you so much for joining us once again. Hopefully these Sox conversations uh, continue in your world uh, with fellow fans, family, friends. Keep passing this podcast along. We really do appreciate uh, the growth we've experienced, uh, you know, the numbers uh, continue uh, to get larger. We And we just thank you so very much. Um, you can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast. Subscribe and, and you're good to go. Uh, find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. And we've got that Facebook fan page uh, as well. For Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Socks.